This episode is sponsored by Dash of Pride, a specialty store for LGBTQ plus weddings, special events, and everyday life. They carry all of your decor and accessory needs, not just rainbows. Check them out at their website at www.dashofpride.com or follow them on Instagram at Dash of Pride. This is Southern Queries. I'm India Bastien. And I'm Aubrey Calvin. Together we explore being a part of the LGBTQ community in the South. A quick note on terminology. On this show, we let guests identify in the best way they're comfortable with. Some of the terms or topics might be different, new, or uncomfortable to you. That discomfort is part of what we're exploring together. We encourage you to listen with an open heart and continue these discussions with your larger community. We encourage any meaningful and politeful feedback. Thanks, and welcome to Southern Queries. Disney World or Disney anything. You mean finally there's something fun that I've done that you haven't done? Yes. <laughs> because in the short time I've known you, you've done all the things. And I'm like, well, I sit at home and I read books. But I've been to Disney World once and we were going to go this year before COVID happened. But you said you've never been to any of the Disney's. No, um, and I don't know a lot about the Disney World or Disneyland. Um, when I was telling Allison about it last night, she was like, well, there's this park and this. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, I did grow up watching Disney uh, movies because I wasn't allowed to watch regular TV. My mom had VHS tapes mm. of Disney movies, but... I never saw the Disney Channel. Um, I never had Disney swag. Wearing Mickey Mouse ears and going to a theme park is not part of my childhood at all. <laughs> See, I did Disneyland as a maybe teenager. I guess what we call a tween now. I did Disneyland when I was younger with my family as a family vacation from South Dakota. And then we went to Disney World because Vicki and I took our daughter about two, three years ago. And we were supposed to go for Christmas, and then that got canceled because of COVID. And we're going to do our vow renewal there somewhere years down the line. But you don't know much about Disney. Mm -mm. I mean, I know about Disney, uh, like the person, and a little bit about his history and background. But I didn't understand the difference between Disneyland versus Disney World. Like, why is there two? Also, news to me that there was a Disney in Japan when you were talking about it in the interview. So this particular interview was extremely educational for me because I was like, wow, this is, I know nothing. <laughs> so Disney is a huge capitalist corporate empire. We're talking about Disney's theme parks all over the world. And there's a culture that's developed around it called Disney bounding and Disney cosplay and really... Uh, you know, for our purposes, we're just expanding the idea that Disney's just for kids, because for a lot of people, Disney's their childhood, and it brings them a lot of joy, and you shouldn't have to give up that joy just because you're an adult, and you know, I have purple hair, so I believe in fun anyway, 
<laughs> for a lot of people, Disney's just that element of fun in a very serious world. I don't think I want to get into all the politics and the criticisms of it, but Disney as a corporation, it's fairly LGBTQ friendly. Mm. For a while, they did Disney Gay Days unofficially, where it was like, where the whole Disneyland would be swarmed with a bunch of queer people. And they stopped doing those things officially. But as a culture, as a business and domestic partnership benefits, they're pretty progressive outside of what you see in movies and cartoons and things. They're pretty accepting of us. That's awesome. Yeah. So why Andrew? And I mean, what, what, yeah. T- why are we having him on the show? Well, begin, we're, t- we're having Andrew Rodriguez Triana on the show because he is a gay Disney bounder. And so Disney mm-hmm. bounding is when you kind of, well, we'll let him say what Disney bounding is, but I fell into this rabbit hole of Disney bounding because of my wife and daughter. And I learned about this whole world and he and another, uh, gay person named the adventurous ray j started an instagram channel where people that were lgbtq or lgbtq allies could show off their disney bounding and i'll be honest i've been uh, on the instagram website and stalking it for months because it's a new website and i said i wonder if andrew is in the south (laughs) Lo and behold, they are. <laughs> I, I found him and I stalked him and he agreed to talk to me. And so I'm just excited to talk to Andrew about being gay and Disney bounding. Yeah, and side note, um, I came in kind of towards the end of the interview, but you pretty much conducted this interview on your own. Um, yes, and that's one of those things about the wonders of scheduling. And when we're doing all this recording remotely, sometimes we cut out from each other and things. So you come in about what halfway through two-thirds of the way in oh yeah i don't know somewhere in the middle so if it's randomly just your voice now they know why <laughs> <laughs> i'll say it real quick so okay so andrew rodriguez triana is a gay cuban american born and raised in miami florida he works in theater with an emphasis on musical theater scenic design and costume design He is also the co-creator of the growing Instagram account, Pixie Dusted with Pride. He is also the owner of Dapper Diggs Trading Company, a small shop specializing in theme park wear and accessories. Welcome to the show, Andrew. We asked you to be on the show today to introduce us to the world of Disney bounding. Mm -hmm. But first, can you tell us how you identify and why is that identity important to you? So I identify as a gay male. Uh, my pronouns are he and him. Um, I think it's extremely important to, uh, I guess, decide who you, not decide who you are because you are who you are, but to come to terms with who you are. And um, I feel like I've come such a long way from my journey of um, discovering who that is, um, coming out, um, all the trials and tribulations that come with that, and then being who I am today. I think it's important to stand by who you are And as much as we hate labels and we're trying to break down those barriers, I think it's also important to be proud of those labels because it took a lot of work to get there, you know? Absolutely. Right. And, and 
you know, labels are such a personal thing. Mm-hmm. So, and you're from Miami, Florida, right? Or from the Miami area, right? Florida? I am, I am from Miami, Florida, yes. Okay, okay. And so, and before we talk about Disney bounding, mm-hmm. what was it like coming out in Florida? Did, were there any difficulties or how's that journey been for you? So um, I feel like I was in a way very fortunate. Um, I grew up in a, well, my family is Cuban or mostly Cuban. And in my family, we have, my mom has uh, a cousin who's also my godfather who is openly gay. And um, two of my mother's cousins, female cousins are actually lesbians. So it was very helpful to have sort of them pave the way for me. Mm But it was still difficult in the sense of like my dad's side of the family, they're very religious. Um, And I think a lot of that came from just my own um, self, I don't want to say self-hatred, but my own self, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I guess just trying to figure out if I'm going to be loved, if I'm going to be respected, and if it was right for me to come out when I was coming out. Um, it took me a long time to even say the words to my father. Uh, my mom actually just asked me flat out if I was, and that was a whole other experience. Um, but I never felt like I wasn't loved. I never felt like I um, I had those struggles that so many people do go with. Um, in school, I came out in school to friends before I came out to family. Um, and in school, I surrounded myself with a lot of positive people. I surrounded myself with a lot of people that were very different. I wasn't necessarily part of a clique. I kind of was part of all the cliques. Yeah, and um, and through that, I guess I found a lot of respect for people and people found a lot of respect for me. <clears throat> Funny enough, most of my male friends were straight and were very protective of me. Um, but I can't say the same thing for a lot of people who did come out in my high school um, who maybe didn't know the way or, you know, or, or maybe were, I don't know, maybe they're they were off-putting in a way so they actually I was friends with a lot of them and and they had a lot of struggles on the in their journey so I've seen kind of I've I've lived one aspect of it and I've also seen it and and experienced the negative aspects of it with through friends and stuff like that so um I would say that in the Latin community in Miami it's probably very difficult um because there is a very machista sort of uh, expectation from Latin males. But like I said, I was very fortunate to have a very loving and caring family who's been so accepting of me. Oh, that's awesome. It's amazing that you've had that support, you know? You've got those family members and those family connections. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk Disney bounding. Let's talk about the reason that I stalked you on Instagram and went on your page and said, you've got to come on my show. Uh, so I know a lot of people have heard of cosplay. Right. But what is Disney bounding for those that don't know? And how are the two kind of different? So um, to me, cosplay, so I come from a theater background. To me, cosplay is creating the character and staying true to the character. A lot of cosplayers know those characters back and forth. And they, when they don the costume and the makeup and the wig, and they become that character, their physicality and the way they talk also changes as if they were creating a character. Um Disney bounding to me and to a lot of people is taking what you already have or 
or taking pieces that that are that you'd find in a store that maybe represent the character that you want to portray it's not necessarily a costume it's just creating an outfit that is reminiscent of the character through colors through mood through emotion through emoting um uh, accessories help a lot um from from the moment disney bound became a thing till now i feel like disney and a lot of merchants have actually created very specific character pieces for people to be able to wear to help them Disney bound. Um, you know, got to take that marketing opportunity, right? Well, they figured um, it out. They saw the opportunity and said, we can make more money off of you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so Disney bound is basically taking your style and creating a look that pays homage to your character, to a character that you love through your style. Yeah. See, and I come from a Disney family, my wife and my daughter and I, I we all love Disney. And I always say, I don't go to, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a geek, I'm a nerd. I can't, don't know if you could tell, I got TARDIS and Doctor Who and nerd stuff behind me in Star Trek. I'm never going to go to a comic book convention and cosplay. But I am more likely to Disney bound because that's more of an outfit I would wear multiple times. I could wear it every day out to the store. Cosplay, mm-hmm. it seems like, what do I do with it after the convention? <laughs> right. right. I mean, and there's people that, there's people out there that bank on just cosplaying, you know, they, they make these extravagant, so lifelike costumes, you know, and, um, and they, they make money off of it. You know, they, they found a way to, to, to market on that. So, um, but I agree with you, like, I would make a costume and it would probably sit in my closet the rest of the time, you know, and you spend probably hundreds of dollars on just creating this one piece. And that's my big thing is what do I do with it after the convention's over? Right. (laughs) So, but Disney bounding and, you know, my daughter has been making up Disney bounding outfits and learning about it. They're things she just wears every day. Yeah. So she mixes and matches. And that's what I love about it. You can take, you can take a piece that works for one character and you can apply it to another character because of the color scheme. And that's, that's so creative, so colorful. Mm-hmm. And, and so a lot of people do associate Disney and the Disney brand with kids stuff or it's like a family with little kids. Mm-hmm. But why do you love Disney so much? What's the appeal for adults? Because I'm an adult and I love Disney and I watch Disney every day. And so what's yeah. the appeal? So I feel like I feel like I I come from a generation that not only grew up on Disney and going to Disney, and I think it also helps the fact that I'm four hours away from the parks, that um, my family, that was our family vacation. We would go at least once a year. Um, So it's the nostalgia, you know, I'm from that, I'm from the generation of nostalgia, you know, the generation that, that was coming into the technology revolution. And so we have that need and want to, um, feel nostalgic of our of, of simpler times and I feel like that is part of the appeal of Disney um, they you know Disney does so well in in advertising the magic right in selling you the magic and selling you this vision this this feeling um, and honestly with today's trying times who doesn't want to continue to feel that who doesn't want to continue to relive that magic from childhood Yes, that has been my big thing, is that the world is so serious. Mm-hmm. Why not have some fun and some color and just be lighthearted for a little while? The idea of Disney bounding itself, it's not specifically a queer idea. It's for everybody. Mm-hmm. But there's kind of been a niche that's carved out for LGBTQ people. 
Right. Uh, why do you think our community might be drawn to Disney characters or Disney-related fun? Um, well, like I said before, I think it's I think it has to do with the nostalgia of it. I think it has to do, you know, who out there does not have a favorite Disney princess or a favorite Disney villain? Or, you know, there's so many characters that we can find a, a relation to. And I feel like that is where that comes from. It, it comes from a need of wanting to play. It comes from a need <laughs> of wanting to um, become someone else, maybe, even if it's not a full-on costume or cosplay. Um, it's also a way to go to the parks and take beautiful Instagram photos. I mean, we are living in that Instagram community, right? What's your favorite Disney villain, Andrew? And who's your favorite Disney character? That's hard. That's but hard. I have to ask it. I have to know. <laughs> I know. And I knew it was coming. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to have to divide this up a little bit more for, for just so that I can answer it. Um, my favorite classic Disney character is Mickey Mouse. He will forever and ever and ever be my favorite Disney character. character. Um, it all started with a mouse. He is my inner child. He is that inner child in me that always wanted to be all the different occupations or wanted to play oh. and all the time. <laughs> you know, there is not one Disney, one Mickey Mouse cartoon that you can watch where he hasn't done every occupation and been a cowboy and been in space and been an adventurer, you know, so yes. that is my inner child. Mickey Mouse is my inner child. Um, favorite Disney villain. This is mm -hmm. where it gets interesting um, because I relate to so many of them. Um, well, there's so much queer coding and queer baiting with the absolutely. Disney villains. Like they all absolutely. have that element of it. <laughs> um, I am my favorite right now. And it has been since this movie came out is Dr. Facilier from the princess and the frog. Um, I'm obsessed with him. I think he is wonderfully evil, um, but he's also very human, right? When he messes up and he realizes he's in trouble, you know, there's that aspect of him that's very real versus other villains who are just mean, period. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm obsessed with like the concept of voodoo and witchcraft and New Orleans that is just a mood and I'm like dying to live it. Um, so he's definitely my favorite, but I have to say it's, it's a toss up between him and Ursula because Ursula is the queen. Ursula's um, awesome. Ursula's the queen. I mean, she was modeled after the drag queen divine mm -hmm. and you know, that is like the queer icon, right? Yes. Yes. I think um, Ursula is my favorite villain, hands down. Yes. <laughs> so good. Um. So I, I still go with Jafar. <laughs> oh, Jafar's a good one too. So I hate Jafar. I, I love Iago. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Um. So I know you started um an Instagram channel called Pixie Dusted with Pride um with Rodden Junior Junior who goes by Adventurous Ray J on Instagram. RJ. RJ. RJ? RJ. Yeah. Got it. What made you decide to start the page, and what are your plans to do with it? I mean. Okay, you know, so um RJ actually is the one that reached out to me. He reached out to he had he got this idea, and he wanted to create a queer. Dis nerd space um, for us to kind of tell our stories through the love of Disney and um, a way to just connect with other people out there who maybe 
love Disney like we do and maybe have not yet come to terms with who they might be. So maybe this is a way for them to connect with us. Mm. Um, so he came to me originally because um, he's, we've collaborated uh, with my small shop and he's like, hey, I, I really want you to design a shirt for this idea that I have. And within a day, I had already sent him an idea and I said, here you go. What do you think? He's like, oh my God, I love it. This is great. And then from there kind of turned into like, hey, what do you think of this? Hey, what do you think of this? And he just kept kind of referring back to me uh, until we sort of found this like really great cohesive mesh where we were like in each other's thoughts and uh, we were vibing great on it. And um, it kind of turned into this thing that we kind of co-created. Um, so it did start, it did stem from RJ's mind, but um, he and I have worked together to make it what it is today. And it started off as a way to, uh, we started off in, in June for Pride, and it started off as a way for us to just tell our stories. Um, there's a lot of people that he knows and that I know that are in this uh, Disney queer community that uh, maybe don't have had an outlet, so we wanted to create that for all of us to enjoy uh, and collaborate with. Uh, June was great. We did, um, we, you know, we told our, our coming out stories or our when you get your wings stories. Oh, I, love uh, that. I did like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that. And then we jumped into um, an ally month, Ally July, where we elevated ally voices who also help us elevate our voices, right? So we wanted to make sure that they had an outlet as well. And then uh, in August, we jumped into body positivity because um, there's such a stigma with uh, body shaming and um, negative uh, body image in the queer community and we wanted to make sure that everyone knows that we are here we are queer and we are beautiful the way we are so um, and Love from there it. we're just <laughs> from there we're just kind of growing into all these different ideas we we, we really want to tell the underdog story and um, we really want to help our community flour flourish and we want to show people who maybe don't really understand who we are and what we are that we are just just like everyone else, we have a heart, we have a mind, we feel things um, just like everyone else. It just so happens that we have different sexual preferences that doesn't define who we are. It's just a part of who we are. So yeah. that's, that's where that all comes from. And that's awesome. I mean, it's so caring and so touching. And I like the different months that you did. And I started following you all in August during the body positivity parts. And that touched me because I've had issues with my weight for so many years. And I wanted to point out, we, we, we didn't reach out to RJ just because, you know, you're Disney World and RJ is Los Angeles with Disneyland. Right. And so, well, that's not Southern, but we did, we, we do love RJ. We just, <laughs> he just wasn't in the right state. <laughs> I well, I will say that, I will say that I'm, I'm working on convincing him to come down here. He might be moving very soon to Orlando. So he will be Southern soon. Just hey, explain to him how much cheaper real estate is here. <laughs> so, Aubrey, did you know that I collect pins? I have this one jean jacket that I've owned since I was 15. Of course, now it's covered in LGBTQ pins. Well, I just finished looking at the pin selection from our sponsor, Dash of Pride. They are a specialty store for all things LGBTQ+, including weddings, special events, and just everyday life. They carry all of our decor and accessory needs. Yes, I can't wait to get a pin with my preferred pronouns on it. 
Right now, you can go to dashofpride.com and use the code DASH10 to receive 10% off your entire order. So, but you do more than just Disney bounding, though. You own a store called Dapper Diggs Trading Company. What's yeah. that about? Um, so that started all out as um, I love crafting. Um, like I said, like I mentioned before, I work in theater. I do costuming. I work in scenic design. I'm also a performer. Um, so my partner and I would go to Disney. And from the very first trip we ever took, I would create things for us to wear together, um, like couples shirts or just different looks that we loved and that we wanted to take cute pictures in. And from there, we got a lot of compliments um, from cast members, from other um, from other uh, theme park goers. And um, that's kind of where that started. And then a whole group of my friends got together and bought me a cricket and it was over. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. Yeah, and my wife has a cricket. It's a whole new world. It's a oh whole my God, different really, thing. Really, Wait, time really. out. What's yeah. a cricket? <laughs> so uh, a cricket machine is a machine that cuts out um, various materials. Um, I use it to cut out uh, what we call heat transfer vinyl, which is a vinyl material that you can iron onto shirts or onto fabric to create designs. Um oh. Yeah, so that's the cricket machine. And so that's kind of what started this whole venture for me. Um, three years ago, a little mm-hmm. over three years ago for my birthday, my friends got me this machine. And that's where I started making stuff for my partner and I. And then um, for the first year of my company, everything was made through my cricket machine. Um, and we've grown since then. Now we have uh, direct to garment printing. And um, I also sew all the Mickey ears myself. I have a, a partner in, in my shop, um, Cindy Pierce, who I work with in the theater world. And she and I, she makes uh, our bags and her and I both sew all of our face, facial masks uh, to be able to go back to the parks. So it's it's a labor of love um, with this pandemic and losing, losing theater in our lives. It's been my main focus. And so um, it's been very rewarding. Um, I love that. Yeah. So I have to ask, so mm-hmm. Disney, the brand, is so many different things now. Um, right. You know, I think of Disney and I think of my childhood, but now there's Star Wars and Marvel and even Pixar. I think that was recently acquired this year. And I know they have a lot of brands under them. Um, mm-hmm. When do you think we'll start seeing more explicitly queer characters? I mean, in your experience, do you think you're seeing a little bit more acceptance on there? I was talking to Aubrey earlier about how there's so much boycotting certain TV shows or certain movies because they had some kind of queer representation. Right. Do you think that would be changing or what's your thoughts on this? So um, I'm going to try not to get very political in some <laughs> of this, um, even though I feel like it kind of is political, unfortunately. I feel like our current political climate has given a voice to uh, people who maybe didn't feel like they had a voice before to be mm-hmm. outspoken and be negative and um, prejudiced towards people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that definitely does not help. Um, in in Pixie Dust with Pride in, on our lives, we talk a lot about this, actually. That was one of our questions was, you know, how do you feel like Disney or other companies like Disney can represent 
the queer community more. And it across the board, we all said it. It's representation. It's more representation. Um, Disney Plus came out with, or Pixar came out with the um, Out short, which was adorable. But I feel like they're taking Black stories, they're taking queer stories, they're taking Latino stories, they're taking stories that are not this mainstream white, uh, you know, world that we currently are living in, and they are turning us into animals, or they're turning us into um, inanimate objects, or or into different things to kind of get away with telling our story. Because in mm-hmm. Owl, he turns into a dog. Prince and the Frog, they're frogs most of the movie, you know. So it's and like that was my big thing. problem with 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 that was it's so cute, but he doesn't get to say anything much, and most yeah. of it the time he it, that was my big problem with the attempt. Yeah. Well, and, and, yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying, I don't know how you feel about this, but, you know, the lack of representation in of mothers on the princess films in Disney has always been concerning to me. And if we don't even have a good representation of moms, how are we going to expect to see two moms? Or there's also other types of moms out there, like two gay men who are raising children right. or trans people. Like, they have so... They yeah. have a long road to go to, and they doing do. the little section shorts didn't feel like enough. They do, and, and and you're right on that. But I also think that it's a tell of our times. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel Disney, Disney as a company is actually, to my knowledge, and uh, I guess secondhand accounts from people that I know that work at Disney, they're great to their um, queer cast members. Mm-hmm. Um, they are extremely supportive. Um, you know, they do a lot for the queer community. The problem is that the United States is not ready for that. And at the end of the day, they're a business and they got to make their money somehow, right? Sure. Um, so I feel like any representation, just like press, right? Any press, even if it's good or bad, is, is good press, you know? I feel like it's the same thing. Any representation right now is needed. Um, are we going to be happy that it's not at the level that we want? Of course, we're not going to be happy with it. But I think we need to look at the positives because the more we fight against it, the less we're going to see of it. Sure. I feel Good like point. we need to uplift the things that they've done. We have to uplift that and we have to say, okay, they're trying and they're doing something about it. It's, it's getting there, right? We just it have is. to kind of give them that little push and be like, hey, we're here for you. Give us more. We're here for well, you. Well, you see little bits of it, right? Like in Once Upon a Time, the TV show, uh, Mulan and Little Red Riding, uh, not Red Riding Hood. Uh, no, it's Dorothy Gale got together in Mulan. Oh, yeah. And in the new one, The Jungle Cruise, which keeps getting pushed back, they're supposed to have an explicitly gay character. So what? it's getting better slowly, you know? It is. It is. I think, I think, people need to just realize that we are everywhere, you know? Yeah. And um, at some point we have to get to a place in our acceptance as a community to not make it queer stories, to not make it black stories, to just make it stories, right? We have to get to a point where everything is accepted and we are just creating a good story with a good hero or and a good villain who is either gay or not gay or black or Latino or white and who cares because we're telling a good story. And I think that's that's all we need. That's what we need to get to. Right. 
Um, ultimate not, goal. <laughs> yes, right. That's that's the that's the overhead of the of the brainstorm. My right? ultimate goal <laughs> is to just tell stories and for it to be okay. Yeah. Um, you Ooh, know. So follow up question. Um, and this might be a whole different podcast that Aubrey and I will do in the future. Is about corporate sponsorship. On do you know that Disney locally do they participate on? pride floats from a corporate level it's a giant pride float <laughs> i'm so sorry I'm gonna... disney is so gay <laughs> like you just go to the parks it's super gay i don't know if they need a float oh, i don't know it's super, <laughs> i just love it so much it's just super colorful i'm like yeah this is gay i love it <laughs> i um so i don't know I don't know per se. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I I don't really go to uh, pride parades okay. um, very much. It's just it's not my scene. I just you know uh, I'm proud and I know who I am and I love who I am. But uh, I just it's not my scene. Um, but aside from that, I in in photos and in watching things online, I have seen the Disney the Disney community come together and Disney itself be a part of pride parades. Um, so. I definitely know that they're doing that. Um, I'm sure you've seen the pictures with the giant Mickey balloons with like the rainbow balloons wrapped around them and the, the Mickey signs. And I think a lot of that comes from cast members. And I think they do it mostly in, in LA and in Orlando because mm -hmm. that's where the parks are. Yeah. Um, but that is, I believe that is part of the corporation saying like, hey, let's support our, our community. That's awesome. Um, well, I mean, yeah. you talked about what you're seeing, uh, about Disney Pride Parades not being your scene, but you are passionate about musical theater, so that's kind of might be more of your scene. Yeah. How did you develop that love? And can you tell us more about what you do with musical theater? Sure. <laughs> Open book here. Open book. Um, so I got into theater in high school. Actually, previous to that, I was always the first to raise my hand when they were casting a, a role in something small that was happening in class. I, I just loved to, I started off by um, loving to dance, loving to sort of sing, even though if I, I didn't know what I was doing. And then I sort of got into the acting thing. Um, but it wasn't until high school that I was like, hey, this is really interesting to me. Um, I really want to try this. And um, it was actually before I came out and a, um, gay boy in school came up to me actually asked me if I was gay before I even had ever uttered the words and he was a part of thespians he was part of the theater the theater club and um through that it was a sort of a weird sort of relationship thing where I was like uh, I can't say it I can't say it I can't say it and then I was like let me go try out this thing. <laughs> this what, thing called theater. You know, yeah, they're they're doing a musical review. Let me go <laughs> see what that's about. Um, and I <laughs> ran into him there, and then sort of started this friendship. And kind of he brought me into the to the uh, theater class or theater club. And um, I auditioned, and I got in, and that's kind of where it all started. Um, but even from before that, I was always creating. Um, I had friends and, and stuff in, when I was younger, but I was also very much a loner. Um, I would lock, lock myself in the room and I'd paint something or I'd invent something or I'd, you know, entertain myself with my creativity or, or my imagination. And um, I feel like that's where it really started, you know, creating yeah. these characters or playing pretend with different toys that I had. Um, that, you know, telling stories. I loved stories. And, I, and honestly, Disney had a lot to do with that too because... Mm -hmm. 
that's where my imagination stemmed from. You know, I would watch Disney movies and all of a sudden I was creating stories based on the characters that I saw in films. Um, so that's kind of where that, that came from. And then I got into theater in high school, um, fell in love with it and just sort of delved in to the deep end and was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I this love. Is it. Yeah. Um, I studied musical theater in New York right after high school, like fresh out of high school. I, I, I moved to New York for, for two years uh, studied musical theater at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York City, mm-hmm. and um, which was an intensive two-year program. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, then moved back here, sort of lost my way a little bit when it came to theater, and then I found it again in a company called the Roxy Theater Group here in Miami, Florida, and I worked with them for about 10 years as a musical theater teacher and as a uh, basically a production manager, um, because I would build all their sets. I would help out and make a bunch of their costumes. And I was in a bunch of their shows as well. Um, I've worked in a couple of, uh, different theaters here in, in South Florida. I've worked with Slowburn Theater Company in Broward Center. I've worked with, um, Actress Playhouse at the Miracle Theater in Coral Gables. Um, so I'm, you know, constantly working. I actually had like three or four projects that got canceled because of the coronavirus so oh no i'm sorry yeah, no uh, well uh. i've been i've been very fortunate to create this um somewhat successful career i feel like in the theater community down here um because i've never had to go into anything else to make money except for what i loved which was theater and of course now my small shop which is a whole other love um so yeah, yeah, that's been that's that's my connection to theater. That's that's my background. That's awesome. And you know, I ask because you know, on your Instagram, you've got these great, you've got these great pictures of you at the Universal Studios Hollywood Haunt. Uh, is that what it's called, Hollywood Haunt or Universal Studios? Their Halloween Haunt. Oh, the Horror Nights. The Horror Nights, yeah. And that's so much scarier than what Disney does, and it's just so cool to look at that. Yeah, so I'm actually currently part of a, so there's a, an Instagram called Gaze of Universal, of underscore universal, mm-hmm. and they um, created a month-long challenge called the Girl Challenge, Gaze of Universal Runway Looks, oh, and okay. that's what you saw. Um, I decided, because we're so close to Halloween, and because I'm obsessed with Halloween, it's my favorite holiday, um, I was going to do, every week I was going to do a different horror themed look so uh my very first one was jack the clown which was one of the horror nights icons the second week was the creature from the black lagoon uh last week was the storyteller from horror nights and this week i am doing beetlejuice Ooh, that's cool so that'll come out later today i'll be post or actually i'll be posting it tomorrow because voting starts tomorrow over at gaze of universal and that's one of the one things is that universal you can really go scary where disney mm-hmm does not do scary. They're all about family fun. So it's interesting interesting that you say that because that is definitely the thing down here in, or that's definitely the thing here in South Florida or in in the South in, in, in Disney world and over in Disneyland. But if you actually go to, um, I believe it's, uh, I want to say it's Hong Kong Disneyland. Um, they actually do Halloween scary. Really? Yes. So they actually, and you can definitely research this. I've sat, down countless hours on YouTube and just watched a bunch of videos. Um, they actually do haunted houses with the Disney villains in it. That like regularly? So oh. No, not regularly. Just so for like the, like during the Halloween. Yeah, just for Halloween. 
at Disney World to do that Halloween villains party, but it's so yeah. new, it's so rare. And I was yeah. going to go to that this year, and then COVID, uh, and then I, they canceled went, it all. And uh, I went to the yeah. first one they did. It was it was pretty epic. Uh, India, do you want to ask our last question that we always ask of our guests? Yeah. So, um, Andrew, one of our favorite questions to ask is, "What does being queer in the South mean to you?" And why do you think it's important for us to ask it, uh, talk about it? Okay, so, um, well, I think it's important because of representation. Um, I think it's important because this, you know, it's, yes, I live in Miami, it's a big city, um, but it also comes with its trials and tribulations for being queer. Um, mm -hmm. And I just think that in the South as a whole, it's, there's such a culture here that is not respectful to everyone's differences all the time. So I think it's important to stand our ground and to show that we are here and to, um, like I mentioned earlier with Pixie Dust with Pride, to, to really show people that we are no different than them. Um, and I, so I think definitely being queer in the South and being openly gay um, has shown a lot of people our way um, I, I know that I have come across many of people who, um, I don't want to say I changed their lives because I, I don't think that's necessarily true, but I changed their perspective on, on the queer community. Um, and I think that's our duty as, as people who are in a marginalized position to, to tell our stories and to hopefully change people's hearts. Um, so I think that's why it's important to, to stand our ground down here in the South. That's so beautiful. Everyone can always say the purpose of our show better than I can. <laughs> I never have an articulate way to say anything, but every it's just so beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thanks for being on the show, Andrew. Our guest today was Andrew Rodriguez Triana. Mm -hmm. And to keep up with him, you can find him on Instagram at Happy Hot Roo. Yes. And then Pixie Dust with Pride is at Pixie Dust with Pride. And then the right. business is Dapper Diggs Trading Co. And that also has a website, DapperDiggsTradingCo.com. So keep or, up with Andrew. He's everywhere. You have to remember MyDapperDiggs.com. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, I didn't look up that one. I, I literally just bought the domain oh, and it's I, connected. So it's easier for people to remember. MyDapperDiggs.com. I love Perfect. that. We're going to include that one too. Thank you. Yeah, we'll have that linked in the description too. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Andrew. We do appreciate it. So Thank much. You. It was great meeting you. It was great meeting you. Thank you so much. You can find more information about this episode and the show at our website, southernqueries.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Southern Queries. Queries is with two E's. Until next time, thanks for listening. Some credits. Production. Your hosts, India and Aubrey. Audio mixing by Allison Holly. Story research, Aubrey Calvin. Editing, India Bastian. This is Southern Queries.